On today's episode of the Rundown Podcast, we are catching foxes. What does that mean? Those little foxes that can ruin your marriage. In this episode of the Rundown, we're going to talk nine of the most common foxes that we find in marriages, but we're also going to give you some really practical ways to conquer fear of divorce and to create a better future while dating. You ready, Trevor? What does the fox say? The fox says, I want to ruin your marriage. Don't let it happen. <laughs> Let's jump into it. Hey, what's up, guys? You are watching the Rundown Podcast. My name is Byron. I'm the lead pastor at Redemption Church, and I'm joined, as always, by my boy, Trevor Knox. Trevor, will you say hello to all of our friends on the internet? Talking foxes with my pastor. Ready to go. Hey, today we're going to be diving into Song of Solomon in a series that we're doing, The Bible's Guide to a Better Marriage, and we're going to be talking about catching foxes. Now, I know what you're thinking when you hear that, you think about the Jimi Hendrix experience, right? You know, foxy lady. That's not what we're gonna be talking about. We're gonna be talking about catching the foxes, the little foxes, the small things in your relationships that if they go unchecked or unnoticed, eventually they become really big problems. And so we're gonna talk about catching the foxes. But before we dive into that today, could you go ahead and do us a really big favor? Could you like, comment, and subscribe on whatever platform you watch on. Trevor, what platform do you watch or listen to on the most? I am a Apple podcast guy. You're a podcast guy. I've actually switched to Spotify. I listen to most of my podcasts on Spotify now, but also I watch a lot of YouTube videos. So if you're on YouTube, go ahead, click subscribe. It's right there, Trevor, there you go. Click subscribe, go ahead and share this with some friends. And then also if you're on iTunes or Spotify, Go ahead and like and subscribe there. Leave us a review. It makes us very happy. So today we're going to be diving into the Song of Solomon. How are you enjoying the Song of Solomon study that we've been in, Trevor? It's really nice. It's very, I mean, it's very convicting. So that's, but but it's uh, important things to hear. Yeah, I I have to um, kind of wrap it in funny because it's so convicting at the same time. I like how you do that. Yeah. You make it a little bit more enjoyable to uh, take the old conviction fist to the face. Yeah, it's like whenever you kind of like um what like a kid, you know, it's like, "Oh, here's the medicine. It tastes like bubble gum." And you're like, "It doesn't really taste like bubble gum, but it's not that bad either." I'll take the pinto so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh so it's been fun. It's it really is fun. I'm enjoying it. Um we're only 3 weeks in. Uh, but it's it's a lot of laugh, a lot of laughters, uh, a lot of conversations happening. We had one woman, uh, she posted in our Connect page. So if you're connected to Redemption Church and you're not a part of our Connect page, I'd encourage you to join our Facebook Connect page where we have conversations about the sermons. It's a whole cool community. It's really amazing. Uh, but she, she said that her husband actually watched it at home, and he's not really a believer. He doesn't really come to church. Um, but he watched it and he said, humble brag, this was the best sermon I have ever heard. Uh, and I was like, <clears throat> yeah, that's me. Uh, but anyway, uh, he said it was just super practical being able to walk through these foxes. And so for one of the foxes that we're going to talk about is poor communication. And it opened up a conversation in their marriage to where he said, you know, it is very disrespectful whenever, cause she's like a fly by the seat of her pants, super spontaneous 
you know, a very passionate, fiery woman who's always on the go doing tons of different things. I can but relate. He, but, he's, but he's more of like a homebody. Right. More of an introvert. And he said that whenever you spring last minute decisions or events on me, I do feel very disrespected. And they've been married for like 15 years and that just had this conversation. And so this series has been really helpful because it is starting conversations with couples. I had a dating couple who messaged me again with the communication Fox and they were like, okay, we're dating. How much communication do I share with uh, my boyfriend or with my girlfriend while we're dating? And I was like, hey, there's only, you know, there's certain communication you want to share and there's some communication you don't want to share. You always want to be honoring and respectful for them. But at the same time, they shouldn't know your temptations and fears at this point in the relationship. Wait till there's a little bit more trust built. Time and place. Yeah. So you want to honor them, but at the same time, you don't want to create more worry or fear in the relationship at the same time. So either way, it's it's start start a lot of conversations. And if you're listening and you want to have a conversation, join the connect page and we'd love to get you connected and we can have a conversation. And I hope that this series is helping you have a conversation with your spouse as well. You, you guys have some pretty good conversations. Really good. I just had a mini meltdown because it de- <clears throat> deleted my notes, but it's all recovered. So we're back. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. I thought you were texting your wife. No. So <laughs> you're like, oh baby, we have to have a clean talk real quick. We've been- I'm convicted in the moment yeah. during podcasting. He's like, oh, and I yeah. got to go text my wife. Time and place. Time and place. Uh, in, in this sermon, which we'll link in the show notes, um, I, I challenged everyone who's listening to sit down with their spouse and on a scale of one to 10, talk about yeah. the foxes, right? And so um, I remember the, me and Ashley sat down and I thought I was doing great. And I was like, on a scale of one to 10. And I was like, how good am I at you know X, Y, or Z? And we'll get into these in a little bit. And uh, she was like, yeah, you're about a four. I was like, what? Dude, I had so many fours. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. No way. So I, many fours. Here I am preaching this sermon about better marriages, and my wife's like, eh, you're a four. And I was like, oh my gosh, total, total fail. But I need this series just as much as everybody else does. Right. Uh, and that was really the the my thought going into it. I noticed that during COVID, whenever it first happened, um, my marriage was actually really struggling. Like we had hit a dry spell, we were fighting more than ever before. Uh, we were basically just living like roommates rather than soulmates. I mean, we were partners, and uh, you know, we were doing more like a partnership rather than a faithful marriage. And um, the Lord really convicted me, and so we just started working on a lot of these things, reading books about marriage. We started doing morning devotionals together over the subject of marriage. We started um, asking the Lord to to bless us and we started repenting to one another and our marriage just incrementally got better. And then what I noticed is that oftentimes the Lord leads me before he leads our congregation. And so as the Lord was kind of leading me in this path, I thought, well, hey, I'm learning and I'm growing. I got some foxes of my own. We're catching these. So let me help some other people catch them as well. And I really do think it's been a blessing. Yeah, it's been a huge blessing. I'm very thankful the Lord led you there because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are dealing with that. You know, coming out of quarantine, there's a bunch of roommates happening. Yeah. A bunch of people are realizing they're living like roommates, me included, you know, Mm -hmm. so... uh, a timely message, a needed message, and I've been excited to get into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, through the coronavirus, I mean, divorce rates have gone up, uh, child abuse has gone up, porn addiction has gone up, alcoholism has gone up, gun sales have gone up. I mean, you have all of these things that are going up, 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 but then also marriage and relationships and health is going down, down, down. So as we're getting ready to reopen after COVID, I just want to be able to have really healthy marriages and relationships in our church because if our marriages get better, our church is going to be healthier. And so that's kind of one of the reasons why we dove into this. So 
Today, we're going to catch some foxes, right? Let's catch We're going to catch some foxes, okay. We're going to try. Yeah. Uh, so the first idea is <clears throat> to catch the foxes. The second idea is to conquer the fears. And then the third idea is for us to be able to create a future together. I love in Song of Solomon that repeatedly she uses the illustration of a vineyard to talk about the relationship. Like that's how God wants our relationships to be. I said in the sermon um, that uh, vineyards don't grow overnight, but weeds do. And I gave a really big encouragement to the singles in the church to, uh, to look for someone who has deep roots when it comes to spiritual growth, job security, finances, wisdom, when they got a good head on their shoulder, right? Find somebody who has deep roots that you can build a relationship where you can have a vineyard with really sweet fruits. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lot of time. But oftentimes, people date weeds. <laughs> and so weeds grow up overnight. And so um, what we want when we're finding somebody who we're going to spend our life with is somebody who's going to be equally willing to be able to put in the hard work to be able to have the relationship grow. Um, I, I was talking with a, a woman where she said, um, I just feel like it should come naturally. I didn't know that marriage was going to take this much hard work. And I was like, two becoming one isn't easy. Yeah. All right. It, it doesn't come naturally. It takes dedication, devotion. Naturally is selfishness. Right, natural natural relationships are me centered, putting myself before you, putting my needs before others, poor community, all these things. That that's natural, right? But Christian marriages aren't just natural. It takes a supernatural act and grace of God for you to be able to put in the hard work and the dedication to be able to build a vineyard of a marriage. People go on vacations to vineyards. Yeah, it's right? peaceful. Yeah, it's peaceful. But whenever I walk my daughter. Uh, she's three. When I walk my daughter, oftentimes she'll want to pick a flower and she'll go, daddy, look, I found a flower. And she'll pick that little, like, what's that flower called? I don't know. It's, it's a weed. It's a dandelion weed. I mean, that's what it is. She'll pick it and she'll go like that. And it's just a weed. She, she loves weeds, right? Not, she's three, not weed, but you know, (laughs) Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. The Jimi Hendrix experience. (laughs) And so, um, but she always, she mistakes those. And a lot of times people get into bad relationships because they, 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 they mistake a weed for a deep root that produces grapefruit in a vineyard. And so what you got to do is you want to keep the vineyard growing, healthy, flourishing, but you got to catch the foxes. Um, There's two problems in relationships. They're not just weeds. They're also foxes. Uh, Foxes will be the little things. You corrected me Sunday because I said uh, rodent, and you're like, "Uh, by the way, a fox isn't a rodent. And so, (laughs) if it's anything I know, it's rodentology. Rodent, yeah. So, what is a fox? A canine, right? That's right. It's like a, it's like a a dog. It's like a dog. Yeah, it's like it's like like a dog and a cat mixed, right? Mm -hmm. It's a cat dog. Sure, (laughs) those are different things. But yeah, (laughs) I, I don't. I've never even knew. Actually, listening to that song, one of Esther, her favorite song is "Catch." uh, uh, What does the fox say? And so she just sings it. She's like, ding, 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 ding. And she'd be running around the house singing, what does the fox say? Uh, I actually had to Google it to see what a fox actually says. And what does a fox say, Pastor Brian? I, don't, I think they just yip. Yeah, that's it. They just yip. Yip, like yip, a, yip, 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 that, that's yip. What, that's what Bo sounds like in the office. Yeah. And so he's <laughs> yipping around right now. Yeah, he's yipping around somewhere over there. <laughs> uh, but if you don't catch the foxes, they're little problems. Like in a relationship, you don't have to worry about the big problems so often, right? Because it's not the because you can I- easily identify the big problems that come into a relationship and you know, okay, this is a big problem. I got to take care of it. We're going to handle it. Oftentimes it's more of a deferred maintenance. It's, a, it's the little things that go unnoticed that cause some of the greatest damage over time 
if you're not working on those. And so um, I, I gave a list of what I found to be nine of the most common foxes. We don't have enough time to dive into it all today. Uh, but what I want to do is I want to list all nine of these and then we'll link in the show notes the actual clip from the sermon where we're diving into the nine. Uh, you can go listen to that. It's about a 20-minute clip. We'll link that in the show notes. You can find that also on our YouTube. Uh, but I want to list these nine common foxes uh, that we see happening so oftentimes in married relationships. The first one would be priorities. When just priorities get out of order, things in your life fall out of order. Uh, the second one was money. What are we going to do with dual income? How are we going to save, spend, and budget? Poor communication. This is what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, where you just spring an idea on somebody or you make a plan without consulting your spouse. Mental health. Um, this could be postpartum depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder. This could be um, depression. It's just increasing more and more and more. Uh, people don't talk about it very much, but you need to talk about it because that's how you get help. In-laws. Uh, or outlaws, right? I mean, uh, some, you know, the spouse's family who jumps in and tries to always start drama, technology, spending too much time on your phone, uh, sex, um, not being able to be on the same page whenever it comes to your desires, what you want, fantasies, not being able to give, uh, but seeing sex more as a way to take from the other person or even worse, holding it against them in order for them to do something else. So sex could be a very big fox. Unforgiveness, uh, getting historical every time you get hysterical. Uh, and then lastly is a lack of appreciation. I mean, just not saying thank you enough. Always looking at the negative, never focusing on the positive. It's a lack of appreciation. And so, uh, what what are, what are some of these foxes that? What's the? What I encourage people to do is this. I just listed them very quickly. But what I encourage you to do to catch the foxes is to sit down with your spouse or maybe your boyfriend or girlfriend. It's not going to be easy. And um, and ask a question on one to ten. How do you rank on these foxes, right? And so, what I challenged you to do is this. You're not going to catch all foxes today. Right, you're not going to just go and catch the sex fox today. You're not just going to go catch you know, the money fox today. It's going to take hard work, dedication, devotion. It's going to take a conversation. So what I encourage people to do is this. This week is just to go find the biggest, baddest fox that you can. One at a time. Yeah, just go find the biggest, baddest fox and catch the fox. How do you catch, how do you catch the foxes? You address the issue. You address the issue. How do you catch nine foxes? One at a time. One at a time. You're going to be catching foxes for 50 years. So you catch a fox. And they, yeah, they might pop out of nowhere. They might yeah. come back after a while. You just have to be diligent. Yeah, they'll just keep sneaking right on into <laughs> that relationship. And so you have to be mindful of that, it. So what is, what is the big bad fox that you're going to be trying to catch this week? Well, it's actually the reason I started going to church. It's uh-huh. poor communication. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have a... I've gotten a lot better, but trouble like... Not lining up our calendars together. I think mm-hmm. a lot of couples, you know, do this without realizing it. Right. I actually went to North Carolina one year for a jujitsu trip that I thought was going to be two weeks. Mm-hmm. Ended up being three. Mm. And me and Kayla were doing really well. We were fit, it's my wife, Kayla. We were FaceTiming each other every day. And then I found out there was actually another week I did not account for. That's how wow. oblivious I was. Yeah. And it upset her so much, rightfully so, that when I got back home, the only way I could make her happy was going to church. There you go. <laughs> so this fox actually led me to church, yeah. but it had to be dealt with. So that's where the Bible says, what the, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. Amen. <laughs> and so uh, so you, you, owed, you owed her a church yeah. attendance, right? Yeah. And so you're like, man, I'm going to skip out of town for three weeks. Right. I have to go to church. But we wouldn't week. have been able to get actually married you know, yeah. a year later if yeah. it wasn't for addressing that fox. Yeah. Uh, it's still something that 
happens today, I'm much, much better at it. Right. But it's like you were just saying, like, if we're not diligent and dealing with these pesky sex foxes, whatever fox it may be, then uh, they're going to keep coming back. Yeah, me, me and Ashley have really caught the communication fox because, like, I'm an extrovert, and so I love building relationships, hanging out with people, I have my friends, I like going out, I like having a good time. Ashley's an introvert, so she wants to stay home. And so uh, early on, I'd be like, hey, babe, um, Brandon's coming over tonight. And uh, bring a Courtney and their kids. She's like, what? I was like, yeah. She's like, but you didn't tell me that. I was like, I'm telling you now. Yeah, but that's like 30 minutes from now. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's plenty of time. Well, it's plenty of time. Just go ahead and like, just get dressed and we'll order some pizza or something. And that would always drive her really crazy. It wasn't respectful for her because I'd be like, hey, we're having friends over tonight. She's like, what? No. They're here. Yeah, but Ashley needs like... She needs, I've learned that she needs two weeks in advance. You have to have it written, you know, a handwritten note saying like, this is coming this day. We got to line our calendars up because she has to mentally prepare herself to be around people. Right. And it's your job to honor that. Yeah. And I need to honor that. And so if I'm always just inviting people over and also if I'm making plans for a weekend that with the kids she's unable to go to, I need to check it, check that with her. And I don't do that because I'm whipped or anything like that. I do it because I want to honor her. You know, and so if I'm like, hey, Friday after our Friday night live service, you know, me and some friends from the church, we're going to go out to eat. So I text her on you know Wednesday and be like, hey, is it okay if I go out to eat with some friends after church? And she's like, well, um, yeah, the kids will be down, so that's okay. And But if she says no, then the answer for me is no, because it's not honoring. She would rather have me at home, and so I want to protect her, and I want to honor her. And so she gets veto power. Like this Sunday, I was preaching at another church. Right, I asked her before I accepted that because she has the veto power. So I think communication is a big one for me, and then also it's just priorities. I think that one's the big one. Yeah. I put sometimes I put work before my wife, and I think my wife oftentimes puts our kids before our marriage. Um, God's always first, but I think we sometimes get our priorities out of order. So with that being said, what are your foxes? What are some things that you struggle with? Uh, the link is in the comment section, but I just want to encourage you: catch the foxes, have the conversation, because if you don't catch the foxes then it becomes fierce. Okay, uh, in this next section, she actually has a dream, a nightmare, that her husband divorces her, leaves her, and she's all alone. Have you ever gotten in trouble for something Dream Trevor did? So many times. Yeah. That pesky Dream Trevor. I know. Dream yeah. Trevor's an idiot. Almost as annoying as poor communication fox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I've gotten in trouble a lot for things that I did while Ashley uh, was dreaming, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, what? how does this? I wake up and she punches me in the arm. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what the? Yeah, but but the truth is, is like for for my for me and Ashley and for many people who are watching, like this is why Song of Solomon is so practical and so very important. It's because uh, they had a fear, like they had a fear that the relationship was going to work, and many of us have that same fear because we grew up in homes where marriages did not work. Right. Right, I was I was raised by my grandparents. My mom's an alcoholic. I never met my dad. Ashley's dad was an alcoholic. Um, she was raised by an immigrant mother. We never saw healthy relationships in front of us. What about you? I mean, like, was that kind of? Yeah, my parents divorced. My dad passed away. Yeah, and then you know, same with my stepdad. Yeah, I made a, uh, I made Trevor uh, the other day go get my oil changed, and he he did it wrong. And he uh, he goes, well, I never had a dad. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, well, I'll let you I'm going to use my that. dad trip until I'm 40 years old. Yeah. And so, um, so because we've seen so many failed relationships, there is fear when it comes to our relationships. Yeah. A, a little side note for, um, for Solomon and his wife. Uh, most scholars believe her name is Abishad. And she was a, she was a, a rural farm girl that was uh, hired into 
King David's courts. Mm. And so she was removed from her family to be a servant in the palace. And that's where Solomon met her when they were, they were kids. And so like she was away from her family while she was working. And so she didn't have that. It says my mother in, uh, in chapter one, it says my mother's sons were angry with me. And then it talks about her brothers, but never once is a father mentioned anywhere in Song of Solomon. So most likely she was raised by a single mom. Mm-hmm. David, his dad was an adulterer. He comes from an adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. And so they even grew up in broken homes. And it's just so prevalent, not only in our day, but also even you know, 3,000 years ago when this was written, there was fears when it came to that relationship. Uh, and, and I think a lot, did you, so you dated your, your, you, you dated Kayla, right? 10 years. So let me ask you, what was, what was the fear? Why didn't you pop the question earlier? Well, at the time I didn't believe in marriage because I was, okay. I think I feared permanence oh, okay. yeah. for whatever reason, even right. though I was pretty permanently rooted. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think I feared permanence or I just, my thoughts on what marriage was in general. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't really understand the concepts behind it because there was no uh, godly foundation set for that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of millennials are pushing their marriages back yeah. to their 30s right now. I mean, 30 years ago, the average age for a marriage was under 25. Now it's upwards of 32 years old. So, I mean, it's a, it's a deal. And, yeah. and I think I meet with a lot of young women in our church who they have a lot of fears. What if I marry the wrong one? What if it doesn't work out? What if they you know, cheat on me? I meet a lot of young men who's like, what if something better comes along? And like fear, they're that what if. Like, what if this person, I'm with this person, and then all of a sudden I meet somebody else. What if they're my soulmate, and then I'm just in this relationship, mm-hmm. and then I get stuck, and then there's just this big fear around it. So what I said in the message is the best way to prevent divorce, you're fearful of divorce, is to have God's plan for your marriage. And the truth is, Christian marriages are, in fact, better marriages, yeah. because we do it God's way. And so fears don't need to be fed, fears need to be conquered, and the way that you conquer your fears is to just do three things. Pray together. Do you know what the other one is? Read your Bible together. And then what's the third one? The third one is go to church together. Yeah, if you do these three things, research has proven these three things will safeguard and prevent divorce. And that's um, what you mean when you say we're, we have better marriages. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not because we're better people. It's not that we're better than. Yeah. It's just our marriages statistically are better. I can't get better. oil change correctly. Yeah. <laughs> so the University of Texas, Virginia, um, I mean, the University of Texas, San Antonio came out with a study that couples who pray together in the morning uh, have a divorce rate of one out of every 1,126. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, that's, that's a, if you divorce, if you, if you, if you pray with your spouse, and you still get a divorce, you are a statistically a statistical anomaly. Like one out of a 1,126. And this isn't praying for, this is praying with. This is making time praying with your spouse every single morning as often as much as you can, praying together. And this doesn't mean have a full seance with candles and like it yeah. has to be some huge ritual. No, you no. just wake up and you pray together. It takes five minutes for me and Ashley. Seriously. We read a devotional, we pray together, read your Bible together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harvard University discovered that uh, couples who read their Bible in the morning do daily devotionals together, couples, um, they ha- are 47% less likely to divorce than couples who do not. 47, this is Harvard University. Mm-hmm. This is Harvard University yeah, and this the isn't University some of Biased Christian. No, no, view. we're not. Oh, yeah. This isn't Air One. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not like Caleb. I mean, we're not talking about focus on the family here. I mean, this is, this is uh, statistical. Um, Ivy League data that's coming out that Christian marriages hands down have the best marriages. And then couples who are members of a local church together, yeah, their marriages are better because they they have a foundation to build that relationship on. It was literally all these three steps that Mm -hmm. took me to get married. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is what we were doing while we were dating. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first started going to church, it was these that's three so steps. important. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you should be doing this. I was talking with a with a um, with a guy who's dating right now. I was like, well, how? I was like, do you pray? Do you pray together? So y'all are engaged. Y'all are going to be getting married. Do y'all pray together? He said, no. I said, well, I mean, like you need to start doing that now so you can build that rhythm and routine into the relationship so that way you're not, it's not sprung on you when you get married. Yeah. Like you're engaged, y'all are getting married in four months. Like you, you should be doing this. Now, don't live together. And so you're not gonna be able to wake up and sit on the couch in the morning, but yet you can call them on the phone, FaceTime them before work. Like you can still start investing in these mm-hmm. things. Sit next to each other in church, join a community group together in church. Do a devotional. You can sync your phones up on the YouVersion app to where you're actually doing devotionals together and then you can hold each other accountable and y'all can talk throughout the day about what you're reading. Yeah. Right? And all that does is it builds this foundation and rhythm into the relationship so you can safeguard the marriage, you can conquer the fears, and you can prevent divorce from happening. Right. Uh, and divorce is so prevalent in the world, in the culture, but the way that Christians organize their lives is just different than the way that the world does. And so by doing so, we catch the foxes, we conquer fears, and then the last one is, what you're doing is you're creating a future. You know, the goal of marriage is that you're old and wrinkly together. Like, that's the goal, right? The goal is 50 years. The goal is not fun. The goal is 50 years. And if you have 50 years, you're going to have tons of fun in the meantime, right? Yeah. But you got to be thinking towards the future. I always encourage dating couples to say, hey, don't date somebody just for fun. You date somebody that you want to have a future with. Don't settle for hot, okay? Because hell's hot. You know, look for holy, right? Uh, you know, but they say, oh, they believe in God. Demons believe in God too, all right? Don't date a demon, all right? In the end, it will be no fun. Sin is fun for a season, but it does not lead to a future. So we want to create a future. And the big idea that I closed with was this. If you want what everybody else has. Do what everybody else does. Do what everybody else does. I mean, that's really, if you want what everybody else has, do what everybody else does. Right. Right. And people don't pray together. People don't read their Bible together. People aren't going to church together. I mean, people aren't catching foxes, sitting down, having conversations about their sex life. People don't do these things, and that's why they have what they have. But if you want something different, then you have to do something different. This statistics show this. this yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the way that Christians organize and build our lives is, is different because Christ is the foundation of our relationships. And so, yeah, we pray together, we read our Bible together, we go to church together. But this also has really significant impact on how we date as well. Um, because, you know, who you date determines how you marry uh, or how you date determines who you marry as well. So I gave a challenge um, at the beginning of the series, right? And it was to read your Bible every day, to pray every day, to go to church every single week. So that was the challenge for the married couples. But then I gave a challenge to the singles. Do you remember what the challenge to the singles was? No sex. No sex. No pornography. No pornography, abstaining sexually. Um, And it comes from this verse right here where it says, I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles of the does of the field, that you do not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. Listen, sex is very pleasing, but before marriage is not the time, right? And so a lot of times people ask, well, where is the line? Like, how far can I go? Well, that means that your heart's in the wrong place, right? Right, and so I always know people who are trying to do some kind of gymnastics to say like, oh, they're they're trying to find those loopholes. Yeah, trying to find these loopholes, which is nothing more than just inviting more foxes into your life. Yeah, right. The question is not where is the line. The question when is the time, and the time is marriage. And I know this doesn't make sense. People don't do this. You know, I read that um, only two percent of uh, 
of people who get married today are virgins. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a virgin when I got married, uh, but I've never met a virgin who regretted waiting. But I have met many people who have regretted their sex their, their sex lives before their relationship. Yeah. And so just a couple of quick tips to not awaken love and to create a future. Um, the first one, what was the first one? Limit your time. Limit your time. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot of time the together. The hardest one. You're gonna get a lot of time together uh, when you're married. And so right now, there's this thing called uh, longing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you, if, if you ever know about it, but a lot of young couples don't long for one another. They don't miss one another. They spend all their time, and they're basically just pretending like they're married without a covenant commitment. And so limit your time. Miss one another. The second one is limit your touch. Right? Don't be rubbing on their legs and rubbing on their face and you know, grabbing, squeezing, pushing, pulling. Don't do any of that stuff. Limit your touch. And then the last one was to limit your talk. Right, and my idea with that is oftentimes young couples express a love that they don't have a commitment to make. Right. So I said, just save your vows for your wedding day. Don't be like, you're the one, you're my only one, I'm gonna love you forever. Uh, and then like six months later, because here's what happens, is that six months later, when the relationship begins to fall apart, you're gonna feel <laughs> guilty about everything that you said, everything that you've done, and then you're gonna get stuck in that relationship. And then you're gonna hang on to it, not because you love the person, but because you're embarrassed. And then you're going to drag the relationship on longer than it has. And so you got to create this future together. Yeah, don't dig that grave with your tongue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does and that make sense? No, it doesn't. Uh, you know <laughs> <what> I- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, don't lick the floor. Yeah, don't yeah. lick the floor. Uh, but if you want what everybody else has, then just keep doing what everybody else does. Yeah. Hook up, shack up, break up, repeat the process all over again. But Plus, if you want something different, read your Bible, show. pray, go to church. God's way is the best way. God's way is the best way. So catch those foxes this week. Have a conversation. Click the link in the comment section. Go ahead, listen to the message. I hope it blesses you this week. Yeah, thank you guys. Do not forget to like, share, and subscribe. We will see you next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Same Fox channel. Go catch those foxes. We'll see you next week. (laughs)